As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The waiting is over. The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions, and this one will last a lifetime. Howdy, everybody. Arthur Staple here, coming to you live from my hotel room in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. You're listening to the Garden Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic, and also, I believe, in a hotel room somewhere in the wilds of Manhattan, getting ready for Rangers Hurricanes tonight. He'll be on the MSG broadcast. I'll be sitting in the press box here. Uh, Steve Ellicott, what's up, my man? I am actually in the comfort of my home. I just woke up for an afternoon nap, a valley cat nap, so I'm ready to go (laughs) here, buddy. Nice, nice. (laughs) Yeah, I changed my travel plans today. I changed my travel plans. I'm coming, uh, coming in hot on the on the train. Okay, all right. Well, there's nothing like being able to rest up at home as I sit here on the road for the next couple of days. Um, so we've got uh, game two of this little set with Carolina, three two loss on Tuesday, and you know there wasn't a lot to kind of sort out from that game. Carolina was Carolina, and I'm sure that they will be tonight. They've they really and it's a compliment to to Rod Brindamore that they've perfected this style that they play where they are they are quick to pucks, they are quick to battles, they are quick to shoot the puck in the offensive zone, quick to retrieve it, and they want to get you moving around and, and out of sorts. They don't have a lot of firepower now, especially with Andre Svechnikov gone for the year with a torn ACL, but they get it done. And uh, it's the reason that they're if they win tonight, they'll clinch another playoff spot. They're been the first in the Metro for quite a while now, still battling it out with Jersey, probably not anymore with the Rangers after the other night. Um, but also it means that whether it's the first round or the second round, if the Rangers advance, 
their Rangers road to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final might go through this town that I'm staring at out my hotel window. So <laughs> um, when you see a game like the other night, and they won the first two games against Carolina this season, and they obviously beat them in the second round last year. And and like I said, even though some of the names changed, the style definitely does not. So what did you see from what the Rangers did on Tuesday, what you feel like they need to do tonight and down the road in a seven game series. Is this team, is this Carolina team, do they throw a lot of fear into you Valley or do you feel like the Rangers know what they're getting into with Carolina? Yeah, not no fear for the postseason, but a tough team to play in the regular season with the exception of Ajo in that lineup. To me, it's four third lines. That's what they look like to me. <laughs> they just all work like four grinding third lines. And they're hard to play against that way because if you're not ready on one of 82 nights a year that you're playing to really bring your work ethic at a 10, then they beat you. And that yeah. reflects their great regular season record. That's just who they are, Arthur. They, they have their underlying numbers never match the amount of scoring chances they actually get. And their shooting percentages are just god-awful on the chances they get because they just fire everything at the net and they build a goal. And the build-a-goal philosophy, it's volume shooting, and it is trying to break you down on the third recovered puck and then trying yeah. to get a great A. And I think, and you know what I'd love to know, which I don't know, I'd love to know how many goalies were the first one of three stars during a game against them because I'm sure that they just – pump goalies up every night through the season. At least that's what I see, but I can't mm -hmm. say for sure. It just feels like they're an easy team to play against for most goalies most nights because you can get hot against them. Like If it wasn't for Igor's first goal against uh, Jalen Chatfield, the Rangers get a win there. He just yeah, he made agree. a mistake on that shot. you know. And then that's then we're talking about a totally different uh, outcome. Yeah, I mean, I when I saw that shot, you know, clear sight, up the wing, it, it just looked like he was a little off his angle. That's that I assume on on clear sight on your side. Yeah, that was that was press box side, right? So you were able to see it that yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. No, it's hundred percent. It's a it's low danger. It's one of those ones where you expect your goalie to give you a save. I know that a lot of fans would have said, "Oh, come on, it's a perfect shot." Do you know that if you take a rope from the top corner, left and right corner, and bring that down to the puck, that puck would have traveled past Igor's hip to climb far side top corner. Wow. Okay, so that's angle, depth, squareness, and tracking because he came back on it. Now, I'm not going to hack on Igor any further on that, but that's that's a game where once that puck went in, Arthur, I, I leaned over to Henrik and I was like, oh, great, 86% uh, chance for us to lose. You know, like, because you know how I, I like that stat. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. When your goalie gives up a bad one and the other guy doesn't, you lose 86% of the time. And there was your case right there. I mean, that was that was a game to be had. But, okay, like territorially, Carolina had a huge advantage in the second period. But overall, you know what? I'm going off on this one now a little bit too. <laughs> off the rush chances that the Rangers had in that game, this one, really, this one really caught me by surprise. They had 14 rush chances in that game. Wow. But, but only two of them, one of them was high danger and one of them was mid. They didn't really get any good chances. Like they, It almost like they, they settled in this game for clear-sighted shots off the rush, where that wasn't, that's not really their game. And uh, I went through them the next day, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I wonder why they settled. It's almost like it's so hard to get inside against Carolina that it's good for the Rangers to play them twice this week with only 11 games to go to get a really good sense of how hard it's going to get. 
So I'm happy that they're playing them again tonight, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a worthy opponent, right? We, we talk about how many games that are actually going to be good down the stretch. Well, this is going to be a good one tonight. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's something to it where this is the first time Rangers have seen Carolina after they've reconfigured their, their lineup with Kane and Tarasenko and Mikola. It was Ryan Lindgren's first game back, and he kind of, you know, had a little bit of a banana peel moment, which, you know, it's not Ryan Lindgren, but after 11 games, missing 11 games, and definitely having a little painful moment, falling on that same shoulder earlier in the game and mm-hmm. missing it, missing a couple of shifts. Um, maybe he's wearing a harness, who knows? Like, there's a lot to get used to. I, you know, the turnover that he had that led to the winning goal late in the third, you know, you chalk it up. It's not what Ryan Lindgren is about. I'm sure it won't happen again. Um, but they had a lot to get used to to that in that game. And like you said, if if you're still sort of wondering, like, well, is you know Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, these are two guys that have seen Carolina twice a year for their entire careers, and that's it. You got to get used to that, you know, that that pace, that yeah, that's fair consistency of effort. And and I think the Rangers are still getting used to their group when they're seeing these familiar opponents. So uh, you know, we don't want to make too many excuses, but. I, I agree that I think you'll see a different Ranger team tonight. Hey, Arthur, you know what else, too, is I don't think we've talked about this enough. I don't think Carolina's goalies are good this year. Like, nobody's nobody's playing well over there. Nobody's playing with confidence. I thought that Frederick Anderson looked like he was wearing an oven mitt when he was <laughs> slapping the puck around the other night. Seriously. Again, off these rush chances, clear-sighted shots from far, he's just slapping them back out there. There was a lot of rebounds. Just can't get to them. You know, yeah. you just can't get to them. And um, his save percentage, you want to hear this? With a minimum of 40 chances faced, and this is a good time of year to look at goalie data because everybody's faced a lot of chances from all different areas. But his slot area save percentage on clear-sighted shot shots, he's 50th. One-timers, wow. he's 49th. Slot line plays, he's 53rd. So, like, if this is the guy they're rolling out, and I didn't think he looked confident at all. I really didn't. So, if there's one elephant in the room, I think it's... I think it's their goaltending, and I wonder if they know that internally, and that's why they're going back with him again tonight, which I'm sort of a little surprised. I thought maybe they'd not go back to him tonight because I didn't think he was that sharp on Tuesday. But um, that's that's one other thing. That's one other wrinkle to this matchup if it happens to be a second-round matchup. Yeah, and who knows? You know, I'm not going to dump too much on Carolina and on Freddie Anderson, but given what happened last year, is he even going to be healthy? You know, he's had such a hard time staying healthy through a whole season and, and into the playoffs, whether it was Anaheim or Toronto or now here. Um, you know, Nancy Ranta is coming back from an injury. He was on the ice late today, so he's not really, he's not even going to back up. Peter Kachetkov is going to be the backup, and we saw plenty of him in the second round last year. So, yeah, they don't they don't strike a lot of fear into, I think, in a consistent series, even though they've won a couple in the past few years. Um, not over seven but, games, though. Not that. No, I'm not, no. And, I'm not, and, and, I'm not, for how good their record is, they only have four more regulation losses than Boston, which is hard to believe. Yeah. But, you know, like this is they've had a historically good season. I just don't I just don't like them as a playoff team. That's all. Yeah. You know, I, I you certainly talk to a lot of people. I, I do, too, as the season goes on. And it's certainly now, you know, after I think the the way the Rangers kind of steamrolled through Pittsburgh last week and Nashville really seemed to cement their spot in the top three. The loss to Carolina probably cements their spot even further in either second or third. And if they lose again today or tonight, rather third probably is where they're going to end up. Um, Mm -hmm. But that means Jersey or Carolina in the first round. And, And I think a lot of people you talk to around the league because of 
Shesterkin's pedigree because of the way he played last year and you know the way that people feel he can play, and because of the way the Rangers um, kind of ground their way through some things in the playoffs last year when they didn't start off so well. I think that I think a lot of people feel the Rangers have an edge against either of those teams, and I'm not completely sold on that. Carolina, I would say so. Maybe not in the first round. I think that Carolina is a team you want to see later in the playoffs because, like you said, they are all about winning battles and and grinding you down and kind of doing the things that they do. And the playoffs is a war of attrition. So the later you get a team that has to play as a team, that's a great doesn't point. Have any, that's a great doesn't point. have anybody to yeah. to flash and kind of put them on their backs. Um, that's when you want to see them. So, you know, I think Rangers jersey is, to my mind, if I'm a Ranger fan, Ranger observer, that's the first round matchup I want because you're going to catch a, a team that's riding high, that's very new to the postseason. A lot of guys in the postseason for the first time. Um, again, goaltending maybe a little suspect. So we're projecting a little far down the road here, but, uh, and the Rangers do have jersey next week. So we can kind of see if there's some caginess to that matchup. Nobody's want, wants to reveal too much, but, um, but I think the Rangers have to feel good about where they are, even if they're going to finish third and have to go on the road through both of those teams. I don't think that in that room there's a there's a lack of confidence about what they're facing as they get through the, these last few games. No, they've been a good road team all year, right? Yeah. And uh, you know what's interesting? Do you read the press notes when they get sent to us every day? I mean, we get them <laughs> every day, so you maybe get sick of them. But do, do you go through them, Arthur? I mean, very occasionally. Nothing, nothing, nothing against my buddies Mike Rappaport and Ben Siegelbaum, who, who do a fine job on the Rangers notes, but uh, not always. No, they do a terrific job. Yeah, no, I, well, I do, and um, you know. <laughs> When I was playing, it was the first thing I went to in the locker room. I'd grab the stats and I'd get to the can, right? And I don't know why that, that was that was my thing. So I think I got into stats uh, out of my use of uh, the washrooms around the league. But um, I really enjoy going through it and, and seeing the historical uh, nuggets that they pull up. The ones that are, you know, this is their record uh, on the road and it's the best since, you know, 1993 or this is the longest run of and there's a lot of those this year like there was last year a lot of historical different tidbits right that you kind of just pick up during the season that kind of carry the narrative a little bit and um it just seems like it's one of those years again the narrative yeah. on the team it just feels like it's one of those years and i can i'm just saying that i i feel like i get it in, in the notes i get it in the notes <laughs> and uh, then it kind of just you know, kind of gets my imagination going forward a little bit, but uh, the notes have been great this year. That, uh, <laughs> that's the, no question about it. You know, it's, good, but, it's a good uh, shout out to the Rangers PR department. That's do right. They do a great job. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we, we'd, uh, Carolina's obviously the focus tonight from earlier in the week, but but uh, we lasted our show before those three games last week, two with Pittsburgh, one with Nashville that uh, certainly the weekend games were um, not maybe not a huge surprise, but 13 nothing combined over Pittsburgh and Nashville should consecutive shutouts for Shesterkin and Yarrow on the lock. Um, two games that were over 
by the by the midpoint of the game. Nashville was over ten <laughs> minutes into it, um, but that was a that was a rough lineup that they were putting out there. Missing McDonough, missing Johansson, missing missing Roman Yossi, um, and the 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 game the game against Pittsburgh probably the, you know less so on Thursday. They played well on Thursday, but the one on Saturday, um, that I think you know. We, we talked about there's there's only a handful of competitive games and Pittsburgh could still make the playoffs and they're you know still have who they have, but the Rangers I think in those three games kind of showed the mindset that you like to see this time of year that that they are going to you know put the hammer down put teams that are inferior to them to bed quickly give themselves a little bit of a blow. Everybody gets fourteen or fifteen minutes. There's no need to run anybody ragged or put. Mika's advantage out there for 23 minutes for Fox for 27 or 28 to try to get anything extra. Um, those were clinics. And I, and I felt like, you know, it's exciting for the fans. It's probably exciting for the players. Everybody wants to get some cookies and games like that when they're, when they're blowing the doors off of teams. But, um, but yeah, that, I think, I think from a standpoint of whether you're Chris Drury or Gerard Blanc or anybody behind the scenes, you're thinking, all right, we don't have to think too much about this these guys are playing well. There's probably not a lot of video to show after those kind of games. What, you know, what, what can those, those three games kind of do for you? Or do they, what do they tell you about the mindset of this team with, with the, you know, just a couple of weeks left in a regular season? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, like, first of all, what a, what a week they had 16 goals at five on five during the week. And there was a really good balance, seven off the rush, six in offensive zone play, three off of giveaways and takeaways. You don't learn a thing from the Sunday game against Nashville because it's over in 10 minutes. Like you don't learn anything. You don't want to play those games down the stretch. Those games down the stretch is why Tampa Bay got swept by Columbus four years ago because they had too many meaningless games when they were a president's trophy walk away. The games against Pittsburgh. I remember talking in the studio with John after the first one, and we were talking about how great the Rangers PK was because there mm-hmm. were some pressure moments in the third where they had to come up big. So you learn, and that was the takeaway from that game. You know, you were kind of up against it and you uh, you were able to you know survive. But I think that there's certainly small things you can learn there as well as combinations with lines and your power play, of course, with what setup you're going to get into, which is going to change tonight, which is something that you learned against Carolina. And I think this game tonight is going to help the team more than any of the four games they played last week. And, um, you know, the game against Washington, of course, had its moments on the power play of Kane. So, yeah, you had, you had small bits, but I think this game, this 60-minute game, the Rangers will learn more about themselves tonight as they did on Tuesday and then what adjustments they'd have to make tonight to be better than Tuesday, more than anything they learned in the four games last week, in my opinion. Well, good to point out too that they are making a change tonight, and that was Gerard Gallant and Mike Kelly deciding um, the the equal the equal but uh, the equal power play units wasn't really to their liking. So tonight, uh, at least the plan is Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Adam Fox. That's power play one. So it's essentially the power play one that operated most of the year. But instead of Vincent Trocheck out there, it's Patrick Kane. And obviously, Patrick Kane is not going to stand in the bumper spot and look to bat in some rebounds. This is Patrick Kane we're talking about here. So, you know, they did it a little bit towards the end of the Carolina game. They had one power play, I think, with Kane kind of between the, the circle and the and the goal line. Um, Panarin in his half-wall spot 
Fox at the top, Zibanejad at the other half wall spot, Kreider in front of the net. So, um, you know, I think you put the four guys that you've had there for a very successful power play for going on two or three years now in the spots that they belong. And then you got 88 kind of as a wild card. And I'm curious to hear what you think and and think about, haven't had a chance to ask Kane about it, what he thinks about being a guy who's kind of, a, you know, he's it's almost like a box and one in basketball where, the, you know, a defense where you're following one guy around it. Is, is the opposing PK going to be like, that's Patrick Kane. We do have to keep an eye on him, but we have all these other guys. And I guess that's the yeah. point. Um, but what do you see with with kind of loading up power play one again to just to to try to get back to what they were how they were operating, uh, you know, before Kane and and even before Vladimir Tarasenko got here? Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. Um, I think this is what was meant to happen. But I had this conversation with Adam Oates about a month month ago on the phone. And we were talking about the power play. And, and one of the questions I wanted to ask Adam was that, did he create the one three one? Because I thought he did. He's like, no, no, Valley, I didn't create it, but I'd like to think I perfected it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Otzi, when you talk hockey with him, you know, just uh, sit back and listen and take some notes because, like, you're going to learn some really cool stuff. And he was breaking down the handedness of all the players, where they need to be. It's really important on the setup. You can't be off by a foot, Arthur. And, and Adam will tell you that. If you're off by a foot, he'll be like, no, that's not going to work, you know, because that seems not there. Now you're not a threat here. He's not thinking now this way. The defense will not bring their stick over the other side. The details on the one-three-one, a lot get missed from the casual fan. Um, one of which is that the bumper guy has to be a right-handed shot if you're going to set up on the right side of the ice. And Kane, being a lefty, to me is the perfect guy to be able to get the puck up to. Uh, Fox on the point because Fox being a righty is able to receive the puck outside the lane of the sticks that would come in and check. His stick being a lefty is a little harder for him to get it down on an outside lane to Kreider. That's the only difference right there. But when Kreider receives it, he now has a one-timer option with Mika across, which we know he loves the low play, but he can also hit him more in the circle. Or he can give that bumper pass right away to Panarin that should get a lot of attention. Being that he's a righty and he's he's digging into that middle ice right there. And the fact that you have righty Fox at the point rather than a lefty as some teams in the NHL run. Imagine a lefty having to pass that puck for a one-timer pass over to Zibanejad. You have to open up your hips, open up your shoulders. You're telling the goalie and everybody on the ice that's defending that pass is coming. Whereas Fox can slip the pass under disguise. So... What I'm saying is, is this, and this was actually one other point that Oates brought to my attention. He said, Valley, there are subplots in the relationship of every player that is not on the power play with the guys that are on the power play. It's a soap opera a little bit, right? Now, that's why we went 1A, 1B, in my opinion, is because you had to appease everybody, give everybody yeah. a little taste, make everybody feel good about it. <laughs> and then when it comes right down to it, seriously, final 10 games, you're going to get down to what your unit's going to be. And now your unit is going to be what it is going to be tonight. It's going to be Kreider net front. It's going to be Mika in his spot, in his office. We're going to have Fox up top. Panarin's going to be running into, running in and out of the bumper. But as yeah. a righty off that low play, he's going to be key as far as attracting attention. And Kane is in his spot. That's where he played in Chicago. And... You know what Kane dominated more than anything in Chicago was low circle, 
lefty pass cross corner to the um, Mika Spanajad lower circle driving the far post. I'm looking for that because that's one that he hit with Debrinket 21 times last year. 21 times. Okay? And that's the one I'd be getting excited about because this is an elite power play under the current salary cap that most teams can't even come close to. And if it doesn't go well, you've still got a lot of other options. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, uh, roundtable time. We're going to bring in our producer extraordinaire, Ranger fan extraordinaire, Chris Finery. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Chris? Welcome back. Thank you very much. Our debate topic, well, not even debate. We don't really debate here, but our, our conversation <laughs> topic, there's no there's no anger or disgruntlement or anything. We're all friends. We all have di- slightly different opinions, but it's all worthwhile. Um I wanted to bring up, you were talking about Mika Zibanejad, third in the league, 19 power play goals. I believe he's up to 75 points. Um, so he'll finish top 30 in the league. I was talking to a couple of guys this morning about the Hart Trophy. Now we know who's going to win the Hart Trophy. It's going to be Connor McDavid. It will probably be unanimous among myself and my hockey writer brethren. Uh, and there's no debate <laughs> about that. There's He is the best player. He's the most valuable player. However you want to classify that award. Connor McDavid is going to win. We still have to come up with four other nominees from four different teams. And the criteria that people use vary greatly, whether it's, like we said, is it the best player on the best team? So you're looking for somebody from the Bruins, like a David Pasternak, who's having the, maybe the best season of those very elite team. Sometimes it's a goalie who has a season like Igor Shosturkin has last year. He finished third in, in the Hart Trophy voting, deservedly so, because he ran away with the Vezina. So we look for players on other teams to kind of round out the ballot, essentially. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not worthy, but it's, nobody is worthy outside of 97 and Edmonton this year. So my question to you guys, Valley, Chris, is Mika Zibanejad a Hart Trophy finalist this year? With the numbers that he's put up, when you think about the award, he is he the most valuable Ranger player this year? Where would they be without him? Is a is another question you ask yourself as you're trying to pick somebody. Uh, I'll kick it to you, Chris. First, I know we all love Mika's game. He is a true number one center. That debate ended a couple of years ago, but now we're looking at a guy who plays top power play. He's the first forward over the board to take a face off on the penalty kill. He's one of the leaders in the league in shorthanded goal. You know, and short. I guess he Kreider's the leader in shorthanded goals, but. Mika has probably the top top minutes 
on the power play among forwards on the on penalty kill among forwards, five on five among forwards, and still producing the way that he is defensively. He's been he's been good as well as his scoring chance data on on Valley site is uh, is very high positive among the top two or three Rangers. So it's having said all that, if you had your five choices to pick, Chris, for Hart Trophy this year, is Mika Zibanejad one of your five? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I completely agree with what you said. He is an elite center in the league now. The, that debate is over. Um, I think he's the guy on the Rangers that drives the play. I think, you know, he sets the tone for the team more than more than anyone. And he, he's done that over a number of years. And, you know, he's kind of he's you know, if you look at his stats this season, he he could set a career high in goals in points. Uh, like you said, plays both sides of the puck. He's on the penalty kill. He's on the power play. He's, he's truly hugely important. And when you ask the the question, where would they be without Mika Zibanejad? They'd be, they'd be in a lot of trouble. Let's not even, you know, try to figure that out. Right. So uh, that being said, I think, it, you know, it's a, to me, I, I love the guy. I think he is the Rangers MVP. When you start talking about the league, uh, Connor McDavid's going to win the award. I think Leon Dreisel is up there. Obviously he's, alongside McDavid, would you start looking at some of the names that are at the top of the league in terms of points and, and some of the best teams in the league? You know, I think it's kind of a tough sell to, to um, include Mika Zibanejad on the, on the actual hard trophy ballot for this season. I, I think he's somebody that could be in that conversation uh, for years to come here. Um, to me, no, he wouldn't be on my, my hard trophy ballot this season, but that takes nothing away from him. I, he is clearly the, the most important player on the, I mean, you know, you can make an argument about Shesterkin for sure. Adam Fox, you know, the Rangers have a lot of talented players, but I think he's the most important Ranger. Um, and I think as you get towards the playoffs here with a team that's really loaded up and looking to win a Stanley Cup, he's somebody to me that you could start looking at as a uh, Con Smythe, um, you know, somebody that could potentially be in that conversation sure. as you go through the the the, the playoffs here. So the but, Rangers just won the cup, according to Chris. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he just basically said, "Screw MVP. This guy is going to win playoff yeah. MVP." You can have that's like the Michael Jordan one, right? Uh, last dance. You can have your MVP. I'm going to go win the championship. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Listen, if they're going to win the championship, you know, is Mika Zibanejad not going to be the, uh, you know, one of the main main drivers of that? Sure, I, I, I sure, I, I agree. Be between him and Shesty for sure. For yeah. Sure. All right, Valley, we'll jump over to you. I know you. I, I didn't give you a chance to nope. really dig in you, on some data. You gave but... me long enough, and uh, Chris's answer was long enough that uh, I got. I had time to look <laughs> while we were talking. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> That's what I was just doing it for you. Man. That's all I hey, I, I only have one gripe with Chris. His audio is better than mine. All right. Yeah, so well, uh, that's why he makes it sound. Yeah. Good. No, here's the thing. I um I I had the luxury of playing in the best league in the world, and I also played in all the crappiest leagues in the world. So I've seen it all. <laughs> okay. And I've also seen a lot of guys that were guys that were unhappy being in the East Coast Hockey League because they they weren't getting a chance in the American League or in the American League and not getting called up to the NHL. And I saw through these guys. I saw through them. I knew who they were. And uh I always felt like their goal totals on the stats didn't reflect when they scored because a lot of these guys that thought they were worthy of call-ups didn't score when it mattered. They mm -hmm. scored the fourth goal of the game in a 4-1 win. And here's Mika Zibanejad. What's an MVP to me? The first thing I want to look at when I'm going to measure the time that a goal score is important, that money moment, to me it's when the score is tied. That's how we begin the game. 
we begin the game at, and that's when most of the game is played, guys. Most of the game is right. played over the 60-minute game at, at score tied. And Mika Zibanejad has 18 goals when the score is tied. He's the guy that breaks the game open, so he pushes you ahead of goal. That, to me, is MVP quality. Only Connor McDavid has more goals than Mika Zibanejad at score tied. He has 21. Mika's got 18. All right? And then the other top guys after that, it's Pasternak's got 17, and Crosby, no surprise, has 16. But to me, I'm, I'm looking at Mika that way because, I, guys, we watch every game. Why does it feel like this guy scores every big goal this year? Whether they need one on the power play or they've got to get a game, you know, get going in a game. So that's Mika to me, eyeballs, forget about the analytics. The analytics just back up my eyeballs on this one. I just felt like he's been scoring big goals all year. Oh, yeah, for sure. See, Chris, if you had had that piece of information at your disposal, maybe you would have changed your mind. You never know. Steve was, Steve was just keeping it. He was keeping it for yeah, himself. But, hey, uh, don't yeah. forget, Arthur. He's going to be right because he has better audio than me. <laughs> now, as like I said, I am a voter. So, I, you know, and I don't, I always release my ballot. I would, I would tell everybody how I thought about these things, too, if they cared. But it doesn't, I don't think that many people care that much. To me, when I when I'm sitting there thinking about, I usually what I usually do is I make a I try to make a list of ten candidates for every award that I vote for, whether it's Norris or Calder, uh, Selkie. Which coming up with ten guys for that list is a chore to come up with the best defensive forward. <laughs> but they don't. Well, they you don't, got you got the CSA database in your back pocket. That's now, right. That's you can right. Do some homework, right. buddy. I'm gonna be all over that thing when uh, when the season ends. But. So for the heart, it's pretty easy to come up with 10 candidates. And, and I think if we just sit here and think of the most important, the most valuable, the best player on some teams that have had good years, we could put Pasternak there from Boston. We could put, um, you know, Austin, maybe Mitch Marner from Toronto. We could put Jack Hughes from the Devils. I don't know if we've got anybody from Carolina, maybe Sebastian Ajo, but they are such a capital T team. It's hard to find anybody. We could probably put Ilya Sorokin from the Islanders because he's pretty much the only reason they're going to make the playoffs this year. Out west, obviously McDavid, Drysaddle, maybe J- maybe Jason Robertson from Dallas, uh, maybe Jake Ottinger from Dallas. So you, you start to kind of sift through and figure out. And when I look at that list, Sidney Crosby, if the Penguins make it, certainly is always a worthy candidate. When you make your list of ten guys, and I say, and I obviously watch the Rangers more than anybody else, I usually say to myself, when I look at the data, when I look at minutes played, when I look at all these things, did. Is Mika Zibanejad, is the guy from the team that I cover, better than this guy? Has he had a more impactful season than this guy? And and as you pointed out, this guy is having an incredibly impactful season. And I think, you know, I think it's he's still a pretty under-the-radar guy. Um, he's still not a guy that's that's mentioned in the in the same breath as the super Always elite has number, been. number one centers. But um, maybe that's just the way it's going to be. And, and I kind of feel like right now, yeah, he might make my top five. Maybe once I dig in a little bit more, he might drop out. He might end up being sixth or seventh. But, but I think this is a worthy conversation to have, and it's a, and it's rare, right? Because the Rangers do have an array of stars. They have Adam Fox, who's who's going to get Norris Trophy votes. They have Igor Shosturkin, who's probably not going to get any Vezina votes this year, but he's always going to be in the conversation after what he did last year. There is Artemi Panarin, who's going to probably lead the team in scoring. So, so Zibanejad is not the guy that you think of first a lot on this team but i think around the league people think 
when we're playing the Rangers, certainly I talked to Jordan Stahl a little bit this morning about like when Jordan Stahl is getting ready for Carolina to face the Rangers, I'm sure all he's thinking about is Mika's advantage because that's his assignment and he's only assigned to the to the number one centers that that make it that make a difference. So um you know, I, I I'm not I'm not quite decided yet, but I think I'm more Valley than than Flannery here. Where I'm going to say, yeah, he, he makes my top, <laughs> he, he makes my top five. So man, I I try not to you know be like too much of a homer, but I cannot. No, dude, you're going to lose your super. You're going to Chris has just lost his super fan card. <laughs> I, That's I really right. did. They're going to somebody's going to come and take your Panarin jersey away. Yeah, you know the the other the other thing about Mika Zibanejad, it's like when he's going, he gets everybody else going too. You know, it's like Kreider. Yeah goes with him it's like the power play runs through him i mean i i agree i mean he's because he scores big goals chris yeah. that's yeah. why man yep when your star player scores big goals everybody gets awake on the bench it wakes you up you know it's yeah. not this is uh it's the biggest thing with this game you know the star players need to drive the bus uh well another good spirited debate and we'll see what the rangers can come up with tonight in carolina and then they go to florida facing the team that's trying to get into the playoffs that'll still be exciting on saturday and uh yeah we'll have some more discussion topics next week thanks chris thanks valley all right boys i gotta go get the metro north to the city there you go and uh thank you everybody out there for listening to garden of faithful please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review if you're enjoying the show that really helps us out and right now, get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for $1 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. More Rangers to come. We'll catch you next week.